0: Welcome to the Sports EPreneur Podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide, a KSource family production. In this episode, we're going to talk about racing for orphans with Down syndrome. This podcast exists in large part because of KCM, the content marketing business inside KSource Inc. So what does KCM do? You know how many business leaders need help communicating their story? Well that's what we do content creation and distribution for business leaders this provides opportunities relationships and a platform for you and your business why do we do this because at KCM, we exist to help business leaders build a meaningful legacy that is worth living and leaving learn more by visiting cascm.com our guest today is brady murray ceo of mass mutual intermountain west and founder of rods racing brady lives in salt lake city utah with his wife and five children brady's company mass mutual intermountain west is a financial planning firm that puts families first In many businesses, that is corporate-speak, but Brady leads his firm by living it, and he carries us on with his ultimate cause, finding homes for orphans with Down syndrome. In full disclosure, Brady is a longtime client of ours. We assist Brady with his content creation, social media, and website. We are grateful to associate ourselves with such an inspiring and successful person, and we get to see the good he does on a daily basis. Brady brings perspective of an incredible leader with the ultimate positive mindset. His story is one for the ages, and without delaying it anymore, let's get right into the conversation with Brady Murray. So, as we talked about in the intro, um, the RODS organization, Racing for Orphans with Down Syndrome, obviously that's very uh, close to your heart. How did that come to be?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, the year was 2011. Um I was at that point in my career, I, I felt like I was a little bit capped. Um, I didn't have a lot of room for growth and quite frankly, I was struggling a little bit in relation to just feeling like I was uh, not meeting my fullest potential. Um, and I was looking for something to be able to help me to grow and to develop as a person and to be able to give back. And, uh, for the entire year I was, I was seeking that out and A principle, again, a principle that I believe is that which you desire most, you will always get. And I believe that it it, it was divine intervention. I believe that it was inspiration that came uh, that allowed me to have that idea to be able to start Rods, which actually came at the end of 2011. The inspiration for Rods really stems to my son. And I have a a 10-year-old son. His name is Nash. And when Nash was born, we found out that Nash has Down syndrome. And so we've been very active in the Down syndrome community throughout NASH's entire 10 years. Um, at that time, I think NASH was around five, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we we're very active in the Down syndrome community. Um, it was through being active in the Down syndrome community that we found out that there are many cultures in many countries that when a child is born... That, uh, that has special needs, that that child is, is given up for adoption and that they're immediately placed into an orphanage. And so in 2011, the end of that year, is when I found this out. And I found out that these children were uh, in these orphanages and in many cases they were dying because of the extreme circumstances, because of the lack of love and the, and the nutrition, as well as the medical services that, that were required for these children. And I saw these kids that are four and five years old that were just absolutely, um, just couldn't hardly walk and just in extreme circumstances. And I thought, this is what I've been looking for. All this year, I've been asking and hoping to have something like this come about, and this is exactly what we're gonna do. And so it was a very strong, strong feeling when I saw that. And I knew that that was something that I was going to pursue. So that's how it got started.
0: It's amazing. So when you came to the idea of starting with rods, had this been something you had been thinking out beforehand or was this like the it aha moment?
1: It was. Literally, it was an aha moment. And so I'll, I'll never forget it. Um, I was laying in bed. It was early one Sunday morning. Um, as I said, for months, I had just been like pondering and seeking out and trying to find something that would allow me to use talents and abilities that I'd been entrusted with to be able to help somebody, to be able to to do something good for somebody and I had no idea right I had no idea that this is what it was going to be but that Sunday morning I'm just laying in bed and literally it was like the light turned on and I reflected back to having learned about these children and these orphanages a few I think it was a month or two earlier um, I reflected on just my relationship with my son and it was like big time power like this is going to happen let's go build something that's going to help these kids
0: yeah, and you've done just that. I mean, we've witnessed it with working with you, working with Rods on social media, and it's um, it's it's an amazing thing to see. So now, as you as you are in Rods and you've been doing this for a while now, and you continue to grow it, what is your ultimate goal for Rods?
1: It's a good question, and I've been very clear about this since the first day that we started it. The goal of Rods is to be able to find a home for every single child that has Down syndrome that is in an orphanage right now. And there's a lot of them out there, and uh, we've helped some of them so far. We've got a lot of work to do, but that's the end game. And fortunately, I'm 39 years old right now and hopefully have a lot of life, and I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to be able to do that.
0: How do you go about finding uh, homes for orphans with Down syndrome?
1: Yeah. Yep, and so when that, that idea came of let's, let's help these kids it, it was a little bit overwhelming because I had no idea how we were going to help these kids. So I started to research it and, and I thought, you know, like, I, I don't know if there's anybody out there that's going to volunteer to be able to bring a fam or bring a child with special needs into their home, right? Through adoption. That's not something that people typically go and do every single day. And so I started to research it and I immediately found that there are a lot of families that want to adopt these children the only thing that was standing in their way of being able to do it is just simply the financial means to be able to adopt internationally on average it costs between 30 and 40000 bucks to adopt these kids and uh and I thought you know what If money is the only thing standing in the way of these kids being able to get adopted, we can find a way to be able to raise raise funds to raise adoption grants for them. So that was a strategy. Um, I wasn't sure if it was going to work, but that was the strategy of, hey, let's go try and raise, let's say, half of an adoption grant for a child, and let's see what happens. And so it was Christmas at that time, so it was December of of that year, and uh, 2011, and my wife and I uh, went, uh, there's, a, there's a wonderful uh, uh, organization called Reese's Rainbow that uh, have these children that are available for adoption listed on their website. And so Andrew and I went to this uh, website and started looking th- uh, through these children and picked one child that we wanted to fundraise for. His name was Eli or is Eli. He was in Lithuania. He was four years old. He'd been uh, in that orphanage for his entire life. Uh, We found out that there had not been a single inquiry about Eli for four years that he had been there. Nobody had ever asked about potentially adopting him, and we started to fundraise. Um, I learned another principle that month when we started to fundraise, and that principle is that if you allow yourself to get caught up in a a cause that's bigger than yourself, that you'll witness miracles. Um, That month, we witnessed a miracle, In 30 days, we raised $20,000 for Eli. And then I witnessed another miracle after that. Within 30 days after raising that money, a family came forward and committed to adopt Eli. And so you think about that. Like, he'd been available to adopt, to be adopted for four years. Nobody had ever asked. You help bridge the gap with the finances of getting a family to be able to adopt and within 30 days, that, that little guy had a family. And so that was the idea behind it. And that's kind of what started it. And uh, we're like, holy cow, it works. Let's go raise some more money. Right. That, that's how we got started.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, you personally were involved with an adoption of a child, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, we we did. That That was a special, special experience as well. We, uh, you know, our intention of starting RODS and being able to help these children get adopted was was never to actually adopt a child ourselves. Um, we love Nash. He's amazing. Um, but there's also a lot of work that's involved with having a special needs child. And uh, that, that just wasn't our plan. Um, so for years, we facilitated and helped others to be able to adopt. Um, it was In the spring of 2013, let's see, not 13, 2016, so it was last year that my wife and I were just thinking and uh, and ironically enough had some of those similar feelings that maybe we had in 2011 of like, you know what, I think we can do more and I think we can help more. And the idea came to our mind of, well, what if we adopted a child and uh, what if we adopted a child with special needs? And honestly, when we first had that thought come to our mind, that, that was a, that was hard. Like that wasn't something that, that we necessarily wanted to sign up for, but as we, we allowed our hearts to be open to it, um, our hearts were softened and we thought, you know what, we can do this. And so we uh, adopted Cooper, uh, that year and, uh, he's been amazing. Like I can't imagine my life without him now.
0: Yeah, and you see the images that you have, the pictures that you have on your social media, and you could just see the love that your family has with Nash, with Cooper, with ever, with all your kids. It's 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 amazing to see, and obviously you've involved yourself with a cause, and you touched on this before, and I know you touched about touch on this with those that you lead. But why do you feel involving yourself with a cause is so important?
1: So, I I believe in this. This is something that I've I learned from, from a mentor, but uh, I believe that um, we are all entrusted with uh, talents and resources and that we are temporary stewards of these talents and resources. And I believe that someday we'll all be given the opportunity to be able to be held accountable for what we did with those. And uh, I want to make my life count, and I want to make my life count to be able to bless the lives and help the lives of other people. And so by allowing ourselves to get caught up in a cause that's not about us, um, it, it allows us to be able to, to experience those miracles and ultimately, ultimately bless the lives of other people.
0: Okay. And so you present these ideas to people that you work with? And what's, the re- what's the reaction when you speak at an event or when you're telling, let's say, the young advisor and what they, need, what they should be thinking about and getting caught up in a cause? What's typically the reaction to it? I know what our reaction is or what my reaction is to it. How do other people respond to that?
1: Yeah, by and large, people are good. By and large, people have a lot of good inside of them. And when they hear truth, when when somebody speaks truth it will it will speak to them it, it speaks to inside right you can feel it inside and so when somebody hears this idea of getting caught up in a cause it speaks to them and and by and large people want to respond to that now not everybody follows those impressions that they receive or those feelings that they receive but those that do it's a principle. It's a law. Those that do will witness miracles themselves. And I've seen it, I've seen it in rods. I've seen it as, as a financial planner and in mentoring financial planners. I've seen it in my own life as a dad and as a husband. It's a principle. It never changes. It's timeless. And those people that follow it will reap the benefits and the fruits that come from it.
0: Yeah, and so you are bringing awareness to RODS, which is racing for orphans with Down Syndrome. Let's talk about the racing aspect of it. I'm assuming that's where you are bringing the awareness to it. So tell us a little bit yeah. about that.
1: Yeah, so this this was another miracle in and of itself. So I grew up, as, I, as you know, in Preston, Idaho. And so one of the, the great things about living in Preston, Idaho is everybody gets to play Football, basketball, and baseball, because they need those. Uh, they need everybody to play so they can fill the team. And so I was. Uh, I loved athletics. I loved sports. Uh, loved, loved all of those sports. But uh, you know, the racing side of it was never something that I grew up with. Um, meaning that the only time I would ever run would be, like, to first base. <laughs> and then if I hit the ball <laughs> to the outfield, I might run to second, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and the only
1: time the coach made us run is when we did something bad. <laughs> and so this idea of, like, actually going and, and running Ironmans and, and endurance sports uh, for fun was kind of a foreign concept. I actually, uh, I actually when I moved up to Boise um, after graduating from Utah State, and that's kind of when I stopped playing baseball, uh, got up there and I felt like I wanted to do something more athletically. Right. And so I, uh, I actually had a friend that was doing triathlon. And so I considered it. And so I, uh, I tried a triathlon, you know, one of those little ones that you kind of swim in a pool and you ride your bike around the block and then you you (laughs) run to the end of the street type of a thing. And I did it and it it was kind of fun. And uh, this idea came into my, my mind of, you know what? Like maybe I could do an Ironman triathlon, and uh, this was all before Rods, and so I signed up for a half Ironman, and uh, and actually went and did that race, and literally it almost killed me. But but like like at the end of the day, it was like put an IV in me, take me to the hospital. Like I hope I can walk again someday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I knew I was never going to complete an Ironman triathlon after that one but but the reality is is if I'm totally honest like the reason why I started in endurance sports uh, when I moved to Boise was and and why I wanted to do an Ironman at that time was like I wanted to put an Ironman sticker in the back of my truck and I wanted to wear a finisher's t-shirt and I wanted to be able to just simply say I'm an Ironman and it was very self motivated it was inward motivated it was all about me and that's why I almost died just trying to do a half Ironman And so um, you go uh, back to that time when uh, we fundraised for Eli and we saw what happened for Eli. And uh, we were thinking about ways to be able to uh, fundraise more and to be able to help more kids. And my wife came to me and and she said, hey, you know, you've always wanted to do an Ironman triathlon. Um, Why don't you do one for these kids? And so you know, thinking of it in that aspect, you know, it wasn't about the sticker in my truck anymore, and it wasn't about saying I was an Ironman, it was about saving a life, and so I thought to myself at that time, you know what, if uh, if doing an Ironman means that one of these kids uh, gets saved, I'm going to do an Ironman, and so... It goes back to that principle of, of allowing yourself to get caught up in a cause that's bigger than yourself and, uh, and witnessing miracles along the way. And so this was early 2012, and uh, I started to train and, uh, and started to actually get into shape. And my training was different. It was a training with purpose. And uh, about the time that I felt like, you know what, I could probably pull one of these off, uh, witness another miracle... Um, You see, I had been advertising about rods and trying to get my story out there about what we were doing to try and save these kids, and I got a random phone call in the middle of the summer that year, and it was from a gentleman by the name of Rob White. And Rob said, Brady, you don't know me, uh, but I know you. I know of your story. He said, we have a lot in common. He said, uh, I have a son with Down syndrome, and uh, I'm an Ironman finisher. I'm, I'm an Ironman triathlete, and I know you want to be an Ironman triathlete. And uh, never forget it. He said, Brady, I, I want to help you with this cause, and I want to help these kids. And, uh, and uh, he said, I want to invite you to uh, come and race in the Ironman World Championship, and we're going to arrange to have your story featured on the 2012 Ironman NBC broadcast. He said, we're going to tell the world your story. And I thought, like, who are you? <laughs> and uh, come to find out, he was the CEO of the presenting sponsor of that year's Ironman. So he had some say on who was going to be featured in that broadcast. And he chose me. And wow. so I, uh, I continued to train, and uh, I went to Kona. And uh, I completed an Ironman and uh, and did it. It actually felt pretty good. It felt a lot better than the Half Ironman. And uh, they featured our story on NBC, and that's really where Rods took off. That's, so you, that's where it blew up. Yeah. Yep.
0: So how? what's the best way people can contribute to Rods today?
1: Good question. Um, easiest and most simple way is just simply to go to our website. It's rods.org, R-O-D-S.org. Right on the main page, there's a big donate button. Um, when you donate, uh, you're going to see what child you're donating to. Um, the principle of ours is that we race for one child at a time. Um, we help one child at a time, and when we raise the funding for that child, we'll move on to another child. But everything that somebody donates at this stage in the game is going to go, uh, going to go to that child.
0: And you also feature racers as well, so people will come around and they'll say, I want to race, and I want to race for this child, and I want to help generate r- money, right? And you guys travel, yeah. or you have different races around the country, but yeah. anyone can race. Tell me about that. How, how can someone get involved in that aspect?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We have uh, we have hundreds, literally have hundreds of uh, athletes that uh, are all the way from uh, athletes saying, hey, I'd like to try a 5K. I've never actually done anything like this before, to uh, we've had professional triathletes race for us in the past. And so everywhere in between. But uh, those athletes can go and sign up on our website. And uh, the commitment that we ask is for every race that they do, they simply match their entry fees uh, by way of a donation to the Rod's Orphan that they fundraise and uh, that's one of the ways that we're able to help these kids
0: and they wear the gear correct so they would wear the rods gear they can promote it on social media and it just gets out there yep
1: yep all of our athletes are running in rods gear um we have a lot of races that we do throughout uh, or that we'll participate in that are throughout the united states our biggest uh our biggest events are actually in conjunction with uh run disney so down in florida We'll do two or three, sometimes four different races a year, where we'll have um, our athletes that uh, want to be part of Rods and fundraise for Rods will uh, go and participate in the Run Disney events, which are huge, which are amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, Brady, I really I thank you before, and I'll thank you again in the future. But we really do appreciate, you know, just even associating ourselves with you. I thank you for sharing your story on this podcast. I hope a lot of people, good people, get to listen to it and, like you just said, take action. So thank you for taking action with us today and spending the time to be on this podcast, and we really appreciate it. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Brady, it was absolutely awesome having you on this podcast. From the inspiration he brings to everyone around him to the execution of his goals, Brady is an incredible example of true leadership. The perspectives he brings as a CEO and founder of the Rods organization are now perspectives you as a business owner and entrepreneur can use for yourself. And for that, Brady, thank you. And for any individual looking to learn more about a career in financial services or how you can help with Rods, I would encourage you to reach out to Brady. If you want to connect with us, hit us up on Instagram at Sports Epreneur. Thank you for listening to the Sports Epreneur podcast, the podcast where sports and entrepreneurship collide. Now go get it.